Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of The Sharon Tapes was made possible by our backers on Seed Spark. Bob Ramonda, Alison Delgado, Andrew Cienes de la O, and Carol Wood. If you'd like to support the show as well, please go to patreon.com slash homesteadcorner. For as little as $5 a month, you get early access to ad-free versions of episodes, a special weekly behind-the-scenes podcast, and patron-only AMA live streams. Before we get started, this episode contains discussions of grief, loss, and guilt, references to body horror, drowning, and cult activity, existential dread, and paranoia. Content warnings and a full transcript are available in the show notes. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. 
So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. doing out here, Amanita? Why, nothing untoward, Sam. I'm just visiting. How'd you manage that without tripping every alarm in the facility? I doubt you have a key card. No. No, I don't. By your friends at Isfa are far too fond of complex systems. We're good at complex systems. Breaking them, that is. Making them work for us. It took a while, but The Earth is patient. What's to stop me from uncomplicating it and calling Ren? Nothing at all. Besides the fact that we both know you're not going to do that. Otherwise, you wouldn't have followed me up here in the first place. Uh, I needed to make sure you weren't here to... to kill me. If I wanted to kill you, if I even could, I would have done it in Pennsylvania. Or while you were sleeping. 
or a hundred other times you never even knew I was watching. I'm not here to fight you, Sam. I'm trying to help you. <gasps> help me? Is it really so hard to believe I'd want to help a fellow child of the infinite? We're practically family. <sighs> Sneaking into my room in the middle of the night and nearly giving me a heart attack doesn't sound much like help to me. The branching roots of everlasting decay care little for your little frights, Sam Bailey. But they do offer a boon in their own way. Accept it or reject it. It will find its way into the heart of you regardless. I just wanted to speed up the process. <sighs> Say your piece. Now, is that so hard? And here I thought you might be too stubborn to take your medicine. <sighs> I know what you've come out here to ask. What you've needed to understand for almost a year now. So first, I'll ask a question of you. How much do you know of the power that bore us both unto this place? That which loves and holds and moves us like fingers on the hand of an unseen god? Well, uh, it's from somewhere outside the world, uh, somewhere connected to it, but not fully present. It came from the lake when I first encountered it, and it's manifested itself in a number of other... <laughs> from the lake? Do you really think that brackish little puddle you called home could ever hold the smallest piece of the vastness that is above and all? But that's where my abilities come from, right? I, I made a deal with something in that lake and whenever I go Your back powers there... powers don't come from that lake any more than mine come from the mycelia branching through my flesh like a second nervous system. By every test a doctor could ever run, it's nothing more than a fungal infection. One that should have killed me long before I reached my ascension. So, why didn't it? The same reason you didn't stay dead at the bottom of that lake. Because something greater willed it so. Something beyond the petty confines of life and death on this miserable plane of existence manifested itself in that moment in our very flesh. Heaven come down to earth, weighty and terrible. Fungi simply serves as an expression of its presence, a conduit of its grace, as does water. So you're saying that God did this to us? No, not God. Not a God like the one you're thinking of, at least. Then what? What do you remember of the being you made your bargain with? Of the questions you answered? Something tells me you already know the answer to that. <laughs> oh, I do. It has many ears in many places. The power which I serve 
but none of them were in that lake with you when you died. So I ask again, what did that voice sound like? I... I don't really know. It was distorted, uh, echoey, uh, distant. I think it was a, a man's voice. At least it sounded like one to me, but that might have just been because of the water. You've heard it three times already. Once as a child, then twice in the last year, full grown. You know exactly what it was. <sighs> It was my voice, my words. Yes, Sam, it was your voice, just as it was my voice that rose higher than I could ever shout in the temple to close the gap left by Heresium as the prophet filled his lungs. My voice speaking in answer to itself. But you've heard such things before, haven't you? The voiceless powers stealing words to speak themselves into being. The Echo, not the Roe, the Ouroboros. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the spirit was in the waters moving through them. And the spirit is the waters moving through itself. Are you sure you're not talking about God? These minds which made us and remake us. These beings beyond the veil of our reality, beneath the porous skin of this world of light and meaning. They are thought alone. The thoughts of a mind too vast and wonderful to ever be fully known without form or purpose beyond the will to exist. But their thoughts are grand and powerful. And as they're formed, they push against the paltry illusion of firm, unchanging matter and become manifest in whatever forms they find. The roots of fungi, the depths of the sea, streams of data, plastic mockeries of men, radio waves and tar to name but five most of the time that influence is subtle distorting reality imperceptibly casting unease and fear into the minds of mortals by their very presence when that influence grows strong enough when reality is bent to the point of breaking and no force in earth or heaven can hold it back it breaks away from the power which bore it, the veil snapping back into place and leaving some part of that power orphaned in our world. An object, a place, a being with existence all its own, free from the power which made it, but possessed of powers beyond the knowledge of humankind and the properties of whatever material was transformed. In the case of you and I, our minds, our souls, our spirits, now touched and blessed by something greater than we could ever hope to become. We are separate from the great powers, separate but still connected, sundered yet longing to be made whole 
we hear their voices calling to us, the voice of the prophet, the waves of your agate shore. Even Ned hears the voice of the one who is both father and mother to him, try as he might to ignore it. You both have that stubborn need for independence, holding you back from the truth of what you are. I know I'm still connected to my patron. I went back to the lake to destroy the Echo and tried to do the same thing to Ned, but it didn't work that time because... Returning to the lake had nothing to do with your destruction of the Echo. It didn't... What? Do you have any idea how many memories of Agate Shore you'd repressed before you returned? How much of what happened there your conscious mind refused to let you see? Well, you had to forget to think yourself the person you were to remain sane. You cut yourself off from everything that gave you power for close to 20 years. But when you faced the echo, your mind, touched by powers beyond itself, protected you again. It reawoke those memories and let the flood come pouring in. You heard your own voice in the water once more as you were baptized anew. And that voice was power, and that power was your own, and by your own hand, you destroyed the armies of the Echo. And when you fled into the mountains and hid in a dry place far from the waves of your rebirth, did you not still hear the waves? Did not your power rise time and again against things more awesome and terrible than your mind could contain? pushing them back into the void. How do you know all this? <sighs> right. Psychic abilities, mind reading, and telepathy. It's kind of your whole deal, isn't it? That's how you wish to limit your understanding. And what is your deal, Sam? What gifts has your great power bestowed upon you? Uh, well, uh, I, I can't die. That's... That's the big one. I know I grew up after I drowned, so I, I know I still age, but I'm not quite sure how that works long term. I had a broken leg when I went into the lake and didn't when I came out again, so I guess I can heal my own injuries if I need to. I can sense the emotional states of other entities connected to the powers, and sometimes other people if I focus on them. I can push back on those emotions with my own, and I can, um, drown people. And how do you sense those beings? If you cannot read the thoughts of other minds like we do, how do you sense their hearts? Uh, well, um... I guess if what you're saying is true, then we're all part of the same other world. We all come from the same minds, so we're all connected, right? And what if humans? Are they the product of the powers beyond, pushed through the veil by minds linked to your own? No. No, they're not. How does that work? I think you've already begun to suspect the truth. 
After all, the powers that make us are not the only minds which press against the veil between worlds. They are more powerful for certain, able to form thought into matter and birth beings like you and I. The human minds, human thoughts, emotions, experiences, they exert an influence as well, an imprint left on the world, indelible and everlasting. Stone tapes. You remember Anna's words then? When she heard the voice of Anne Bonny echoing down through the ages, the spiritualists might have been fools and charlatans in most regards, but you know what they say about broken clocks. The marks of humanity are fainter and subtler than the marks of the powers, but they can still be felt by one such as you. One still close enough to humankind to feel their influence on at least, for now. So, uh, you're not human enough to sense it anymore? I never was. The prophet offered me a glimpse before I was transformed, but I only grew strong enough to fully touch it when I was gone beyond the boundaries of human thought. That was what I gave, to endure to serve my God. Would you like to learn how to make them? Make what? Stone tapes. <laughs> the name means little, but the picture you have of it in your mind is close enough to the truth. Memories like the tapes which Anna made, pulled from the imprint of human lives and hearts upon the veil. Would you like to learn how to make them? Yes, I, I, I would. And close your eyes and follow me. <sighs> Start by observing your breath, that which connects your body to the world beyond it, to the power which formed you when first it fled your lungs. Observe it. Don't control it. Your patron has little patience for your feeble attempts at control. Observe. Let it be natural. Your natural rhythm of breath. Good. Now, observe the breath coming into your lungs. How it fills them with life and strength and power. Observe the breath leaving your lungs. How it empties and hollows out your chest, expelling all that is dead and tired within you. In and out. In and out. In a rhythm we only rarely think about, that we do not pay attention to. And then, there, that moment between one breath and the next, when the lungs are emptied and new air has yet to enter in, where you are hollow and all is in the balance of the infinite, where there's nothing, and in that nothing, all that is or was or ever can be, where your lungs are empty and your eyes are open. Now, let that feeling fill you. Let it expand from your lungs and chest into your limbs, through your arms and legs, 
all the way to your fingers and toes and up through the crown of your head. <laughs> now, now, no need to rush this, Sam. We have all the time in the world. Let it fill you as your lungs empty and then recognize that the emptiness in your lungs has nothing to do with this feeling that it is always open to you when your mind is calm and still. Hold it at bay. This connection to the infinite that made you and shapes you and gives you purpose, gives you strength. Let it linger within the boundaries of your body, at the limits of your flesh, but feel it pushing to be set free to flow out of you and into the vastness of being. Hold it there. Let it build. Sit with this feeling and know it. Just one more step. There. Release it. Can you feel it now? beyond the limits of your physical body now, in the shell of energy and life which connects you to all that is beyond this paltry illusion of solid matter. Now, what do you see? I see. I see see an ocean without end. A sea of dark waves rolling and crashing on a beach of black sand. There is no sun, no stars, no moon. The sky is lost to a wall of cloud and mist, but I can see clear to the horizon in all directions. And I see Doris. Doris standing alone on the beach with no walls to hold them. Doris opening into other places and times, appearing and disappearing like the rise and fall of the waves. And where would those doors take you if you opened them? Out of this place. Out of the world behind the world into the world that is. Into all the worlds that are. And what do you see behind you? Behind me? Your inner eye is facing out, Sam Bailey. Let it turn inwards. The place you do not wish to see. I, I, I don't see anything. Now don't lie to me, Sam. That's a bad idea under normal circumstances, much less when I'm trying to help you. Tell me the truth. What do you see? Another door. Only this one's open. And what do you see inside it? My... Myself. I see. It's all happening at once. It's a lot. And what is clearest? What stands out to you? Alan. Good. Good. What else? 
contact us from Oslo. Jim, they're, they're all there, under the lake, beneath the water. All the people have lost, all, all the people have hurt. How did you hurt them? I... I killed them. I was scared and alone, and I made a deal with something I didn't understand, and killed them all because of me. Because I wasn't strong enough to die. Because, I, because I'm too broken and scared to ever love anyone enough to die for them, to, to give up my hollow, useless life for someone of worth, someone who makes the world better. I, I just make it worse. And everyone who died in Agachor is dead because of me. You're right. Uh, what? If you'd never gone back to Agate Shore, you'd never have met Alan. If you'd never met him, he'd still be alive today. He and all those who drowned and died and now feed the growing things below the earth. We are wrong about one thing. And what's that? You didn't kill them. Not your powers or your choices or even your patron. No one chose for them to die. It was your lack of understanding that killed them. Your refusal to accept the truth of what you are. What happened to you that day so long ago in the lake. You untethered yourself from who you are and left a hollow space within your heart. And in that space, a darkness grew. A darkness that held all that power inside you beyond your grasp. Without acceptance, there can be no understanding. Without understanding, there is no choice. Without choice, there is no control. And without control, you will remain adrift, beholden to the winds and winds of the mind which made you. So what, I'll become like you then? Completely detached from humanity, willing to kill and infect whoever your prophet wants? Not mock you do not understand, Sam Bailey. I made my choice long before I became what I am now. To give up the life I knew to serve something greater than myself. If Heresium was the mouth of the prophet, then I am her hand, her outstretched arm, her loving embrace of a world that knows her not keeping it safe and whole beyond the falsehood of death. For those who serve her shall outlive even the ends of all other life, and those who refuse her call shall endure forever as a memory within her heart, an imprint of all they are and were and could have been, kept in loving memory. Death is not death to the prophet. Death is creation. If you're trying to convince me to join your cult, you'd better pick a different sermon. <laughs> yes. I suppose she's not the only power that keeps her children beyond death. But that has always been my purpose. To draw others to the truth. To a higher purpose and reality that can be seen with mortal eyes. The prophet just allowed me to fulfill that calling more directly. 
And your purpose has always been to seek out the truth, to find what is hidden and lost. We shape our patrons as much as they shape us. And this, this is your next step on that mission. It's a rock. This wasn't here before, was it? Come in. Is that... Sorry to bother you, but um, I'm looking for Sergeant Scott. Oh, you must be our new detective. I'm Alan. Uh, hi, I'm Sam Bailey. <sighs> How did you do that? I didn't, <laughs> Sam. You, you did. How? You face the dark inside you, Sam. The loss, the grief. You confronted your pain, and that pain was made manifest, a memory held in stone. It was the strongest memory I could reach for. But in time, you will learn to make stone tapes of all manner of things, things beyond your own memory, in the memories of this world. That's... How is that possible? There's so much more to your power than you realize, Sam. More than empathy and tapes and the inner eye. You are a seeker, a finder, one who walks between worlds on paths no other soul would dare to tread. And one day soon, your steps will lead you down a path darker than any you've walked before. To restore what is broken, to make amends, and to find... Sam, are you out here? Shit. Uh, uh, hi, hi, Ren. What are you doing out here? You're not supposed to leave the facility after dark. Oh, um, I, I'm not. Uh, oh, uh, right, right, right. Um, I, I was just... And she's gone. What's that? Uh, uh, nothing, nothing. Uh, I, I just needed some fresh air. Uh, what, what are you doing out here? One of the security guards noticed the cameras were out in your wing. They called me when they saw your room was empty. Are you sure everything's okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, just fine. Well, if you say so. Let's get back inside. Samuel Isaac Bailey, recording for ISFA Internal Records. Final mission report, December 29th, 20... Actually... I don't think I'll be handing this tape over to Ren with the others. Not for now, at least. I need some time to think about this. About what Amanita said. What she meant. And given his reaction to what she did to his facility, I doubt he'd be keen to let me keep looking for her. Fungal growths in the electronics. The locks and security cameras she bypassed. Ren's still not sure how it got there, but he's having the labs run a whole load of tests. They hardly need to, though. I think they already know what they'll find. restore what is broken to make amends I've been turning those words over and over again in my head since I got back what did she mean by that 
I can't bring any of the people who drowned in Agate Shore back. At least, I, I don't think I can. Whenever I think about it, it... Well, let's just say I'm hearing waves again. What else could you be... Molly. Uh, Molly Davis, the, the LEO from Santa Lucia. I heard that announcement on the radio. She's still missing. I pushed her through the veil and she still hasn't come back. I thought I might have to go back to the park to find her, but... I don't think she's there anymore. I think she's in that other world Amanita was talking about and can't find her way back. And I'm the one who did that to her. If that's true, then I need to make it right. I need to get back to that place and find her. I have to save her. The Sheridan Tapes, episode 64, Into the Unfound Infinite. Starring Alejandro Cejudo as Amanita, Mike Kennedy as Edgar Morrison, Trevor Van Winkle as Sam Bailey, and Sam Taylor as Ren Park, with original music by Jesse Hogan. Written by Trevor Van Winkle and produced by Virginia Spots, with dialogue editing and sound design by Trevor Van Winkle. Visit thesheridantapes.com to view additional content, rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, and connect with us on Twitter at Sheridan Tapes and on Instagram at The Sheridan Tapes. I'm Trevor Van Winkle, this is Homestead on the Corner, and you're listening to The Sheridan Tapes. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. 
As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.